Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. How many times have I warned you, Gavin, never lie to Jimmy Kimmel? Just don't do it. Ass. The following podcast contains... Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you decided you wanted to go rock climbing instead of doing beer bongs, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, September 22nd, 2017, delayed onset adulthood edition of the show where we talk about the youth of today and just how boring they are. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by your Uncle Charlie, your go-to guy for beers. Uncle Charlie understands that kids will be kids and he wants to help. Uncle Charlie has no problem hooking you up with a 12-pack on Friday night. Need weed? Uncle Charlie knows a guy. Uncle Charlie believes in fun and wants to help you have it. Hanging out on the parking lot, cruising the strip, Uncle Charlie is there and all the places you can go to get away from it all for little innocent good times. Uncle Charlie remembers what it was like to be young and after all, he's young too. I mean, not compared to you, he's like 32 or, or something. But when it's Friday night and you want to get it right, call Uncle Charlie. And hey, if there are any girls there, Uncle Charlie might just tag along, you know, to keep an eye on things. Have you actually ever met anyone named McLovin? No, that's why you picked a dumb fucking name. Fuck you. Give me that. All right. You look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? One name? One name? Who are you, Seal? Fogel? The ID says you're 25 years old. Why wouldn't you just put 21, man? Seth, Seth, Seth. Listen up, ass face. Every day, hundreds of kids go into the liquor store with their fake IDs, and every single one says they're 21. Just how many 21-year-olds do you think there are in this town? It's called fucking strategy, all right? Let's stay calm, okay? Let's not lose our heads. No. It's, it's, it's a fine ID. It'll, it's gonna work. It's passable, okay? This, this isn't terrible. I mean, it's up to you, Fogel. This guy's either gonna think, here's another kid with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donor. Okay, so what's it gonna be? I am McLovin. Uh. One of the themes of my show is about how shit is just, you know, the same. Things are things, and they don't really change all that much. Everything that has happened before will happen again. In a lot of ways, it's like a bunch of teenagers sitting around stoned off their ass, just like, you know, expanding their minds, man. Oh my god, you're so stoned, aren't you? Except it's come to the attention of this reporter that kids today are not sitting around stoned off their ass. Or at least not as many of them as there used to be. And I know that it's trite, some middle-aged person rants about how this generation isn't as good as our generation, and I try real hard not to be that guy. But, you know, kids today are not as good as my generation. And are also, according to science, just really fucking boring. 
The Journal of Child Development released a study titled The Decline in Adult Activities Among U.S. Adolescents, 1976-2016. Wow, (laughs) sounds like a real page-turner. The study summarized, quote, fewer adolescents in recent years engaged in adult activities such as having sex, dating, drinking alcohol, working for pay, going out without their parents, and driving, suggesting a slow life strategy. You can, of course, read the entire abstract of the study, which I've linked in the show notes. I didn't. It was really fucking boring. I read the article in the Washington Post, which I've linked in the show notes, which says, quote, To be sure, more than half the teens still engage in these activities, but the majorities have slimmed considerably. Between 1976 and 1979, 86% of high school seniors had gone on a date. Between 2010 and 2015, only 63% had, the study found. And the portion that had tried alcohol plummeted from 93% in 1976 to 1979 to 67% between 2010 in 2016. You could read that article or the snarkier article in Jezebel, which is the one I actually read, that has the lead, quote, help, the teens are out of control, by which I mean they're more in control and more boring than they've ever been, unquote. I think you know the editorial slant I'll be taking in this show. I don't want to come across like I was a cool kid in high school. Channel 52, breaking news. I was not. I personally did not touch alcohol until my senior year of high school when I skipped class with a bunch of friends, went to their house, got very drunk while listening to Pink Floyd Wish You Were Here. The only odd thing about this was it was in 1986 rather than 1976, which our choice in music implies. I was what one of the researchers today I'm sure would call a slow lifer, waiting until I got older and to, than the average teen to indulge in the traditional activities of adolescence, getting drunk, toking up, and chasing girls. But in my defense, it's not that I didn't want to do these things earlier, it's that I was a fat, red-headed kid that played games containing elves. But when I did arrive at the wild phase of my senior year, I made up for a lot of lost time. And one of the big benefits of being a fat, nerdy D&D player for most of your teenage years, your parents cannot conceive of you getting drunk, getting high, and chasing girls. And if they do find out that you are doing those things, they're actually relieved because they were fairly certain you were gay and in need of, quote, therapy, unquote. Or maybe, you know, that, that was just what my parents told me. Are you sure you're not gay? Yes. All those years I wanted to do those things. I just didn't have anyone to do them with. If this study is correct, kids today don't even want to do them. The Post article talks about teens going rock climbing or talking about books. I I don't even... Books? You're 16. You've got decades of life in front of you. Don't talk about books. Actually, no, no, do do talk about goods. That's a good thing. You should definitely be reading and talking about books because otherwise you're going to grow up to be a Trump voter. But you aren't even high when you're doing it. Dude, tripping balls on mushrooms or talking Lord of the Rings is fucking awesome. You have no idea what you're missing. I guess it could be the same for Harry Potter. I don't know what fucking kids today are into. The study also mentioned that half of teenagers today have not had a paying job. There were a spate of articles over the summer that got lost in the ongoing end of the fucking world we're experiencing about the dramatic declines in teens looking for summer jobs. You know, the entry into conformist capitalist society that makes good Americans. That sounds dangerous. Oh, it totally is. I mean, if you won't conform to the system, the system just falls apart. Next thing you know, you've got socialized medicine, carbon reduction, and sheer fucking anarchy in the streets. But at the same time, when you work as a kid, it gives you one thing your allowance won't. 
the freedom to use your money any way you see fit. Because let's be honest, money from the rents comes with strings attached. You know, mow the lawn, do the dishes, don't skip class. But with a job, the money you have, you could spend that shit on anything you like. I chose heavy metal records and weed. Two great tastes that taste great together. My ass was babysitting by 13 and sacking groceries or tips by 16. It was the grocery sacking money that paid for my real education in high school. Because I was a decent enough looking kid by then who could bullshit all the Air Force wives shopping at the commissary. And they'd light a fella up with tips if he was nice to them. Military wives got me through high school, and a few years later, they also provided the vast majority of my sexual experiences. But that's another show for another day. There are plenty of theories as to why kids are maturing more slowly today than they were 30 years ago. Many believe modern teenagers are lazy and boring because of the internet. That would be the most plausible explanation. Yeah, it sounds like one, but, it, you know, it's wrong. Because the study goes back a generation before the internet and clearly sees this trend beginning long before porn was available in forms other than a magazine you stole out of your dad's sock drawer. Other theories revolve around the slowing economy that began in the 1970s, the gradual decline of real wages compared to the inflation index, meaning that there was less money and fewer jobs for kids in the market. Still, others think that social influences on modern parenting, mainly the hysteria of the late 80s and early 90s, that still continues today. The stranger danger in particular caused parents to imprint on their children that society itself was falling apart and they'd probably be killed outright if they left their bedrooms, much less the house. But the authors of the study have a different theory. They believe the kids are just growing up slower today than they did before. That kids today have delayed onset adulthood. Why? Because society finally caught up to the concept that kids no longer needed to grow up so fast. They more or less argue that the whole concept of being a teenager is an artificial construction that didn't exist until a relatively short time ago, which brings us to our way back. Our way back tonight takes us even before the dawn of the 20th century when there's no real idea of a formal teenager. They were adolescents, which literally means becoming an adult, but it was a technical term, not a social one. For most of human history, a child was no longer a child when said child became capable of having children. Puberty put away childish things and you just became an adult. Farms needed to be worked, mines needed to be dug, and children needed to be birthed. If you were rich, things were somewhat different. There was a largesse granted to the scions of nobility and privilege who could swan about impregnating serving girls and attending universities. But if you're not of the upper class, when you sprouted hair between your legs, you became an adult and you went to work raising a family of your own. In the United States, attitudes began to shift in the 1920s when young people began experimenting at playing at adulthood, but that emergence came to a very quick end with the Great Depression. A damn what a bummer. But it was actually only a hiatus, and by the 1940s, a new kind of person emerged on the scene. The teenager. And by teenager, they meant young people getting in trouble and not at all acting like adults. They were going out at night, dancing with each other, causing mayhem, and generally just being an annoyance to their poor mothers who were worried because their husbands were around the world saving it for democracy, and Dorothy was out raising hell. By the 1950s, as, in the, as the first baby boomers began to take the stage, teenagers were a thing. 
by a thing, I meant that they were a marketing demographic. Teens were listening to different music than their parents. Thanks to the booming economy, they had money to spend and a willingness to spend it. Teens, as a distinct social group, came into their own not so much because they willed themselves into existence, but because Madison Avenue ad agencies identified an untapped revenue stream for American businesses. I... I know it's not very romantic. Capitalism rarely is. It's not exactly a chicken or egg relationship. Young people were different. They were changing in response to the new world where they can indulge in the transition from childhood to adulthood more slowly. They have the luxury of accepting or rejecting the lifestyles of their parents and choosing their own path because they no longer needed to worry about producing the next generation of human beings before their inevitable death of childbirth or of smallpox. Everyone had enough to eat, everyone had a place to live, and everyone had a car to drive. Or at least, you know, everyone who mattered, you know, everyone who was white. And the driving need to transition immediately from the non-productive child to a productive adult was pushed back several years. Additionally, young people at the time enjoyed a certain permissiveness from their parents that was never a thing in the world, or at least was new to the modern middle-class masses. 16 million Americans served in the armed forces during World War II, and they saw how the rest of the world lived and were fairly traumatized on how all that shit could be fucked up real quick. When they came back home, they wanted their kids not to worry about things. They wanted their kids to be spoiled, entitled, and privileges because they knew how bad things could be. So baby boomers were free to experiment and explore in a way no previous generation ever could. Early baby boomers gave us rock and roll, cool cars, and rebels without causes, and the later baby boomers gave us vacuous empty world of sex and drugs and rock and roll and they ate that shit up they realized that if a little rebellion was good then a lot of rebellion must be fucking amazing and friends they were right and they rebelled against it all these people were given everything everything was handed to them and they took it all took it all sex drugs and rock and roll and they stayed loaded for 20 years and had a free ride But now they're staring down the barrel of middle-aged burnout, and they don't like it. They don't like it, so they've turned self-righteous, and they want to make things hard on younger people. They tell them, abstain from sex, say no to drugs. As for the rock and roll, they sold that for television commercials a long time ago, so they could buy pasta machines, and Stairmasters, and soybean futures. Oh, yeah, when they were done, they looked around and saw that some of their behavior had some unintended consequences. You know, like electing Ronald Reagan. Also, it had addiction, sexually transmitted disease, people dying of lung cancer, drunk drivers bouncing around like ping pong balls into families of six. And rather than moderation, they decided the best way to address their generation's success was to tell the following generation not to do any of it. Back for you. No. Cocaine? No, thanks. Yo, my man, you want some nudes? No way. If someone offers you drugs, instead of saying something you really don't mean, just say, No. Got some centenarian for you. No. No. No big production number. Just say, No. You'd be surprised how well it works. I- no. Of course, just say no meant that we, their children, were the ones saying no. They could keep on doing all the shit that they've been doing all along. So they raised the drinking age to 21, they made marijuana a felony, and sex the most terrifying thing in the fucking universe. Boomers gave them kids a society where fun would fuck you up. Fun was dangerous, and fun was forbidden. 
They also gave their kids a society where the forbidden was the most awesome thing ever. So naturally, kids drank and did drugs, smoked cigarettes, and fucked. You can't spend your most formative years watching adults do all that shit and then be told you should never do that and not expect kids to do exactly that. By the mid-1970s, teenagers were partying hard, living large, and paying the price for their parents' freedom. There was a spike in teen pregnancy because, God forbid, you teach your child about safe sex, then they might, I don't, you know, want to fuck. Kids were going to jail for drugs. Well, not, not all the kids. You know, just the black ones. Drunk driving fatalities were through the roof, and this turned their little brothers and sisters into a sullen, disaffected group of apathetic Gen X slackers who looked at their older brothers and sisters and their parents, looked at themselves, and said, yeah, I don't think I want any of that. And then the Gen Xers went on and passed on to our kids a worldview that was a little different. We created a generation that knew about fun. They just didn't want to have anything to do with it. I know I'm coming across like I'm advocating young people getting high and fucking like bunnies, and that if you're a parent, it's probably not an ideal thing for me to advocate. But you know, if they're eschewing the fun stuff, they're also delaying the responsibilities that having fun brings, like working to pay for your fun. The millennial in the basement is part myth and part product of how we raise them. We told them on the one hand, be careful because bad things happen to people when they aren't careful. And we also made them loathe to give up the comfort of being a child. And hey, I get that. Who wouldn't want to delay being an adult because being an adult sucks? Getting a job, living your life, it sucks. It really does. Do you think I want to go to work every day? Shit, no. I want to fiddle around the studio making funny drops on for a pretend radio show. But I gotta eat, you know. I gotta make the money that pays for Gavin's Mountain Dew addiction. Get help, Gavin. You just get help. No, no one should drink that much soda. And you know what? I think I would miss going to work because as I was writing this script from home because I took the day off sick because I just didn't fucking want to go into work, my damn cat kept sitting on my desk when I was trying to write and that shit never happens at the office where I get paid and also do most of the work for this show even though they don't know that I'm doing it. I'm not entirely sure kids today are choosing to delay their adulthoods. I suspect we created a world where being an adult isn't entirely ideal. I mean, we tell them to go to college, but then we make college so expensive they spend the next 30 years paying for it. Because they're paying for college, they can't afford to do other adult things adults traditionally do, like buying a car, so you really don't need to drive if all you can afford is a shitty fixed gear bike. We want them to move out of our basements, but it's kinda hard to do that when you can't afford the rent for your own place and forget about buying a house because that shit is a pipe dream thanks to us imploding the housing market 10 years ago. And rather than say, we fucked up the world and made it damn near impossible for them to be an adult, we bitch and moan about how kids refuse to grow up. Motherfucker, they would grow up if they can afford it, but they can't. I mean, they can't even afford weed anymore until they hit 30 and they can afford to pay for some bullshit artisanal bespoke strain with a kitschy name from a dispensary with a 60% markup and a 200% tax on the same ditch weed we've been smoking all along because no one really knows the difference between a sativa and an indica. That's just some shit people made up so they could sell more weed. What kind of world is it when the goddamn weed has branding? You know what weed branding was when when I was a kid, there was Eric's weed, which was really strong, but it was expensive, and there was Tommy's weed, which was weak, and it was affordable. 
You can't even get a six-pack of cheap domestic beer for under five bucks anymore because it's all microbrew bullshit. Like a 16-year-old knows what the fuck a good-tasting beer is. It's all, it all tastes like shit when you're 16. What matters is you get a buzz. Hard liquor? Forget that shit. Gone are the days of scoring a pint bottle of Joy D. Now it's small batch oak barrel special reserve Latvian rye. Dude, I'm gonna mix it with a fucking Diet Coke because God forbid you have a soda with sugar in it. I don't need it to taste good. I need it to fuck me up. And now, now you can't even get booze because if you buy a fake ID, Homeland Security swoops in and sends your ass off, off to fucking Gitmo. Yo, Agent Smith, I just wanted to have a party, not blow up the Pentagon. And sex? <laughs> Why in the world would you want sex if you could get foreign porn for free on the internet? Nobody gets a disease from jerking off. At least, not yet. So let's not be blaming the young people today for waiting to do all the things we did growing up, for being hesitant about growing up in general. The world we live in has changed from even 30 years ago when I was a kid. Fuck me, how did that many years go by? And I wonder if today kids aren't looking at adulthood not so much as the rite of passage we did, but with a looming sense of dread we, their parents, feel about our incipient old age. They fear taking on the responsibilities of adult life like we fear losing the ability to care for ourselves. And when we look at our kids, or rather you look at your kids because I ain't got none and I'm going to die alone eaten by my cats, you worry whether or not they will be able to, be able to care for you because you're fucking selfish or if they will still be in your basement playing video games on their cranial implants while you are sitting in your own filth because they won't come upstairs to change your diaper. And you know what? They won't, and you deserve it, because the world you and I have left them is fucked up, and they deserved a better world. I mean, seriously, we finally legalize weed and make it so expensive, they still can't get it. We deserve to sit in our shit-filled diapers, because we are a bunch of assholes. That is it for our show this week. There were so many big doings in the political world, you know, I just had to choose to ignore them. I mean, shit's Trump UN speech alone made me want to regress back into childhood when the crazy man yelling about nuclear in the world could at least form a coherent sentence. We have a big announcement this week. The show has taken on a part-time associate producer who is helping us with content and branding. This week's topic is solely the brainchild of producer Kimberly, who honestly has better things to do than help with a low-rated podcast, come up with stupid shit to talk about, but she somehow finds the time anyway. That's right, Gavin. You should be worried. Hey, if Kimberly can find the time to help, you can too by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find the show. It helps others waste their time with my musings and inspiration, such as juvenile delinquency. You can help all us kids be all right by donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast. You can follow me on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. All of the shows are on SoundCloud at the show name at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, the job in danger producer, Producer Gavin and all the other fictional teeny boppers on this show, we want to say it's all right to tell us what you think about us. We know that you're listening and you must have your reasons. I mean, honestly, we can't imagine what the, it, they are or that they're very good ones. We'll see you all next week. You must have your reasons. The season is calling. Pictures of falling down, 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 down. The 
the steps that I retrace the sad look on your face the timing and structure did you hear you fucked up the day late a buckshot I'm writing the report I'm losing and failing when I move I'm flailing and it'll happen once again you turn to a friend someone that understands and sees through the master plan but everybody's gone and I've been here for too long to face this on my own well I guess this is growing up and maybe I'll see you at a movie sneak Someone that understands and sees through the master plan that everybody's gone and I've been here for too long to face this on my own. Well, I guess this is growing. Well, I guess this is growing. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.